Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We are here to talk some football. Mac, we have had a little bit of a nonsense week. We've talked about candy. We've talked about Twizzlers and hashtag justice for Twizzlers is starting to gain steam. You called me crazy. Certain people on Twitter are calling me crazy. It's been an interesting week, but we are here to talk football. I will say the fact that the responses that we've received on the Twizzler deal, way more than I thought. I thought you were on this little Twizzler island by yourself and come to find out there's a lot of people on that island. So you know, kind of weird. Mac, maybe Whatever. it's all the people that had COVID and Reese's don't taste the same anymore, so they went to Twizzlers. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe it's a it's a COVID will, trickle down I, effect. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> could be. That's fascinating. Could be. Okay, before we get into these games, we do have the ACC Atlantic and the Coastal races to update the people. So in the Atlantic, mm-hmm. obviously Clemson is is pretty far ahead of everyone else. Clemson can clinch the Atlantic this weekend with a Syracuse loss at Pitt. It doesn't really matter what Clemson does against Notre Dame because, of course, Notre Dame is not an ACC game. I had to run that by Mac before we went on air, and he had to clarify that for me because, for some reason, I was still thinking that Clemson was playing an ACC game this weekend, which, of course, they're not. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then the Coastal. The, a lot of things have to happen for UNC to clinch this weekend. They're still Everybody sit down. Yes. This is going to take a while. Go ahead. They're still ahead. obviously in the driver's seat. But in order for UNC to clinch this weekend, they have to beat Virginia. They need Duke to lose at Boston College. They need Georgia Tech to lose at Virginia Tech. And they need Miami to lose at Florida State or versus Florida State. They're hosting Florida State. Shout out Brian Ives for telling us all this. Three out of four. Not bad. Yeah. (laughs) The GOAT. The GOAT. The GOAT of Brian Ives. Listen, there are only two divisions in all of college football that can be decided this weekend. And that's the ACC. Take that for whatever that means. I don't know. Is that good? Is that bad? It is fascinating that that little stat there. But yeah, big shout out to Brian Ives uh, and and ESPN Stats and Info, as well as KG Stats and Info. It was a collective effort, and we got to where we are here. I give Brian Ives the nod. But it surprises me (laughs) that the Big Ten West is not in play. And perhaps it it could be decided next weekend. It just feels like, as per usual, Mac, Illinois has run away with that division. I mean, yeah, happens every everyone, year. Everyone knew that. Everyone knew that to start the season. Uh, and I am still <laughs> hoping. Give me Illinois UNC in a ball game, please. I know that UNC I fans just want, want to go to the Orange Bowl, but I just I want to see an SEC. I get that, I but I just I just think that would be really fun. I want I want to be able to smack talk LSU or Alabama when Drake May just says, "What's up? Mm-hmm. Here we are. I'm gonna drop fifty on y'all in the first quarter." That's what I want. To oh, see. number ten LSU. The, the elite team that is yeah, number the, 10 the elite. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? If they win this weekend, they are in first place in the West, which is bonkers. And FSU has a win over. Don't think that's going to happen. And Tennessee yeah, blew them you know, out of the water. You know, Clemson couldn't go and win any other division, but FSU, yeah, they could. <laughs> yeah, sure we have the proof. <laughs> we have the proof. Okay, Mac, we have a, so many games to talk about. This is our first weekend in a while where we're at a full slate. So let's just dive in to our big breakdown. We'll start with Clemson, Notre Dame, number four Clemson at Notre Dame. Mac is, he he can go a little homer right now as he's showing us his BYOG rock because as we've said, 
Notre Dame is not a part of the ACC. So here we go. 7.30 p.m. on NBC. Clemson is a four-point favorite. I'll just warn people we're recording this Wednesday night. So if the lines change a little bit, we'll adjust that in the video. We apologize. (laughs) The total is 59. And this game is so, so different than it was two years ago when that game was played in 2020 in front of no fans. And with the same starting quarterback for Clemson, which is interesting, and DJU, who played perhaps the best game of his career in a loss that Notre Dame won that game. But it feels like a lot has changed. This is a Notre Dame team that is down this year, that it does not have the same punch offensively. But this is also a Clemson team that's coming off a bye and coming off DJU being benched. So I do think people have questions about Clemson too. Well, you you talk about a lot of things changing. I'm not sure if this was a typo on my part. I'm sorry that you just had to read that. I'm doing some cross-checking right here. The line has already moved. The line is now down to three and a half. Really? And the over-under is 44. I don't think that it was a 10-point swing. I think that there was a typo by my fault. But I will say this, too. There is weather coming. There's Mm. a lot of rain, a lot of wind. That's going to be fascinating to see. I don't think it's going to be necessarily cold, so it's not going to snow or anything like that. But weather certainly could be an issue mm. here you know, for the Tigers and, and for the Golden Domers. The, the biggest thing to me, though, KG, put all that to, to bed. I don't you know, necessarily care about it. The biggest thing is where is DJU mentally? Yeah. You know, how is he going to respond and, and you know, come back? Is he able to flush it, move on? Probably you know, the worst game of, of his career to date here. Um, just with some mistakes. But when you break it all down, it, it wasn't all bad. And I sound like a coach. I sound like a homer saying that. Uh, but, it, but it certainly wasn't this epic explosion like we may have seen some other teams mm. go through uh, last week. So for me, reaching out to a couple of people from Clemson's camp, just kind of saying, hey, you know, how, how's five doing? What, where's his mindset? How's he feeling? Everybody seems to, to say that he's he's good. Like he's moved forward. He's moved on. He's been great in practice, and, and I think that's what you need to do. You're, you're a veteran guy. You're a junior. You've been there, done that, and you had great success against Notre Dame the last time you were there individually. Didn't get the dub, but but able to you know, really set records, all-time records, most passing yards ever you know, by a player against Notre Dame. So for me, it, it's just all about seeing what he's able to do, and I kind of sit there and, and ask myself, KG, what would I do if I was the offensive coordinator? If I was Brandon Streeter, how would I get him into this game? Would I, would I ease him into it? Would I, you know, call these various plays to get him right? And, and I think certainly weather is affecting that. Um, but I, I'd love to see some confidence throws, some, some you know, kind of quick reads, get the ball out of your hand. Let me see myself make some completions. Like, let everybody feel good. Throw to those big tight ends. Get out in space and let's work. And then let's, un, you know, cover the playbook, get things going and really moving in the right direction. You, you have to get the tight ends involved. Need to see Bo Collins mm-hmm. get back involved. Like he's kind of disappeared for like a month now, which is crazy. Um, and then still Will Shipley. I mean, he's the best player on the team. He's going to touch the football a lot of different ways. That one-two punch with he and Maffa has been excellent to see. Uh, I expect a lot of that. And, and maybe even, you know, when, when you see what the weather's going to look like. Clemson had a lot of two-back sets last year. Wouldn't be shocked at all if, if they did something of that nature, just trying to get all of your best players in the best environment, the best way to win on the field. And certainly that offensive line is going to have to play good as well, KG. I'm glad you bring up the O-line. I want to add, though, I think DJU's worst game was probably Georgia of his career. 
That was pretty bad. But you're also playing. That was only like one turnover, though. That was only one turnover. Yeah, pick six. <laughs> Not four. But you're also playing the eventual national champion, so people kind of, you know. I'm just saying, I don't know if it was the worst game of his career <laughs> against Syracuse. He made some mistakes, but you could tell, especially that fumble, they were driving. I mean, everything was fine, and then you have that freaky fumble. But when it comes to O-line play here, and Mac, I know you want to just dig into um, the big uglies. We had Grant Gibson on, on on Wednesday. It's been an O-line type of week. And it feels like it should because it's Notre Dame. And watching Notre Dame and Syracuse, what really stood out to me is that, yeah, Notre Dame is down in that they're down to their second string quarterback who's not exactly the electric playmaker that they had before him. They They have some good running backs, no one that blows you completely away. They have Michael Mayer. They don't necessarily have a Kyle Hamilton in their in their defensive secondary, mm-hmm. but their O-line can still move some dudes because they're freaking Notre Dame. I mean, that's what they do. The O-line is still solid, and they ran all over Syracuse. This Clemson defense at times has been susceptible to the run. They slowed down Sean Tucker, to give him credit for that, but Florida State was able to run the ball on Clemson. Everyone mm-hmm. going into this game, especially if it's raining, Mac, Everyone and their mom knows that Notre Dame wants to run the ball. How do you expect Clemson's defense to step up to that challenge? Yeah, I think, you know, that's a great point and and great thing to to look at. I think when you see Clemson and specifically that defense, you know, they have not put together a four-quarter game yet. And in my mind, in their mind, I think they want to go out and prove that. And how better to to do something of, of that nature other than against an offensive line that all five guys are playing, probably going to the league. Like this is probably by far the best offensive line that they have played. And I think another thing that's kind of a knock on Clemson this year, but they've kind of played to their competition. They, they played down, they played up when they needed to. And so in a game like this where your defensive line can totally take over a game, I could see that happening. You know, they're all healthy. Everybody's going to be back. I could see those guys, you know, kind of putting it on their shoulders and saying, hey, Look at what Notre Dame, Notre Dame has done these last couple of weeks. See how they've won football mm-hmm. games. It has been with their quarterback thrown all over the yard. He struggled these last three games. Let's go set the tone. Let's go eliminate half of this game and really take over. And, and I could see that for sure happening. So to me, KG, it's when it's expected of you, when everybody, as you said, knows in the stands and the crowd for the coaching staff players, they know, hey, it's third and four. We're running power right at you. What are you going to do? How can you defend it? And at the end of the day, it's all about the Jimmies and the Joes. You got to step up and, and be the better player. So that's what I'm expecting to see. You mentioned Michael Mayer. You have to know where he is at all times. He's an absolute weapon, you know, for Notre Dame. I think the best tight end in the draft surely will be a first round pick. Uh, and then some some guys on defense. You you got to be aware of. You know, Isaiah Falski hasn't had the season he probably wanted uh, or Notre Dame wanted, but he's turned up these last couple of games. If I was Notre Dame. I'd go one-on-one with Blake Miller all day long. You know, you got a really talented senior against a freshman that has played well, you know, certainly for a freshman, freshman. but he struggled at times. He's had some holding penalties. He's had some false start penalties. I'd try to make him as uncomfortable as possible, and you put your best player on top of him and see what happens. So I'm excited for this game as always. Jordan Cornette and I have a little side bet going, so I hope you guys only see his part of it. There might be a national championship, you know, type of trophy or something involved where he has to, you know, hold that or wear that if it's a jersey for a segment. We'll see. Um, but it, it's going to be fun. Tune into it's the huddle to find out. Tune we, in. We talk about the running game for both these teams. Notre Dame averages 187 rushing yards per game. Clemson gives up an average of 88 rushing yards per game. It's strength versus strength. And what's so cool yeah. about this game is, yeah, we, you said it. I don't think Clemson's played an O line like this. 
Notre Dame hasn't played a D-line like this all season. Not even close. So even close. It, it sounds cliche, but when you go up to South Bend, generally the game's won in the trenches, and mm-hmm. I think that's what we'll see in this game, Mac. And, and again, just Clemson coming off a bye. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's important. You know, the Tigers you know, historically have played really well, especially under Dabo Sweeney. You know, having that extra week of preparation, guys are going to be back healthy, feeling good. And again, just the mental side of it from DJ – I think that's the biggest thing. So for me, it's it's can you protect that guy? You know, that's kind of my key of the game for Clemson. Let him have time, give him all the tools that he needs to be successful from you know your perspective, and then everything's on him. You know, mentally, confidence, mechanically, and I, I think he he'll be more than ready to go and do that. I want to throw out a few stats here because people knock the ACC for not having performed well against Notre Dame in the regular season, and it's true, right. <laughs> especially as of late, but. Notre Dame versus Power 5 opponents since 2018 is 38 and 4, which is really good. So, honestly, no one has performed well against Notre Dame overall in the regular season. And what's also interesting, I mean, Clemson's also 41 and 4 in that span against Power 5 teams, so very similar. But no one's really knocking Clemson for not playing Notre Dame well. Notre Dame is 1 and 12 versus AP Top 5 teams since 2017. The one win, Clemson in 2020 with a backup quarterback who threw for 450. So it wasn't like they that was their big issue. All that being said, I know this game is in South Bend. I know you're going to have kind of South Bendy weather, and the place should be packed, even though Notre Dame has struggled. They've played well lately, so the fans should be there. I still think Clemson finds a way because they have a little more offensive firepower and because of that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I think Clemson minus 3.5 is, is the way to go. I think it, it's an easy Call there and, and interesting about the crowd, KG. I know a lot of Clemson fans that are going. There's because going to be they a ton missed of the orange. chance in 2020, so they want to go. Yeah, yeah there, there's going to be a ton of orange in those stands. It's going to be fascinating to see if, if everybody's in raincoats. Bring your orange freaking raincoats, people. Go and buy them from your local Walmart. Whatever you got to do, we got to pack that thing out. I don't need to see a bunch of black raincoats. <laughs> Nobody knows who you're a fan of. Um, yeah, I, I'm taking Clemson. I think over under. It's just so hard with the weather I and two over. teams that are going to be running 44? the football. 44, but rain oh. and bad wind, KG. Bad KG. Bad KG. Bad, bad KG. Um, bad KG. Uh, I'll go over. You know, let's, let's roll over. the dice a little bit. I'll go over there. I think Clemson with the points, no-brainer, and uh, I'll take the over. Yeah, I know there's going to be weather, but I don't see a 17-14 game in this game. I just don't. I don't see it. What was it in 15? It was pretty low scoring. Yeah, it? it was. It was. And that was a, that was a hurricane. I don't think it's going to be a hurricane. 22-20? Gosh, I'm sorry. I don't remember the exact Yeah, something like that. And guess what? That would be under. I don't know. You want to change your mind? You're going to change your mind? Um, Okay. Sean Watson ain't running out of that tunnel. I'll just say that. That's true. (laughs) Our next game here is a rivalry that we love here in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Florida State at Miami. Florida State, the best three-loss team in the country. We stand by that. Facts. 7.30 p.m. on ABC. FSU is a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, and the total is at 53 I love this rivalry. You know, I don't think it gets as much pub recently, obviously, because both teams have been down recently. You haven't had those top 10 matchups that you used to have in this rivalry. But it is basically the Duke-UNC of the football side, I think. Yeah, I think so, Mac, with the hatred between the two. And, and, okay, I'll just go, I'll go ahead and give you my stat. I'll go ahead and give you my stat. These teams (laughs) are separated by just 11 points across the 66 wow. meetings all time. 
Miami's 135, wow. FSU's 131. Even so that's what you're meaning when you say the Duke Carolina, yes, which is essentially I mean. even. Like that's always. what I mean. That's it's even. This is wow. I, I hate it when we say, oh, it's a rivalry, like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, for example. It's a rivalry, right. and OU's won 60 of the 70 matchups or whatever it is. This game is truly even most of the time. Right. And it's weird. Either kind of both teams are up or both teams are down. And right now both teams are kind of down. <laughs> but I, I think this rivalry, even when even when both teams are down, crazy things happen. Last year is the perfect example of that, Mac. No, 100%. And I think when you know you look at this game and you look at momentum and you look at who's feeling really good, I mean, it's all about the Knowles mm-hmm. right now. And, and those guys playing at a super high level, You know, they, they come off the, the loss to Clemson, have a bye week, everybody's getting recharged, energized. We, we spoke with Jordan Travis and he said, hey, coach gave us a little bit extra time. Everybody's feeling good. And what do they do? Go out and dominate You know, their first game back. Jordan Travis just... Looks like a monster throwing the ball all over the yard, nearly 400 yards passing, right at three touchdowns through the air, and a 100-yard rusher. I mean, that they are really playing at a high level. And I think what's interesting, KG, is when you really look at FSU and you look at their numbers and what they're doing, this team is super balanced. And I know we talk about that a lot, speaking about an offense specifically, but they've got the number two total offense. They've got the number four passing offense. They have the number one rushing offense. They have the number three total defense in the ACC. These guys are playing at a high level and they're being able to do it. The only kind of, if I had a change moment was just, could you get one of those wins against the ranked team, whether it was Clemson, Wake or NC NC State. State And and they were right there. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of gave the game away a little bit where NC State had to come clawing back without their starting quarterback. And so to me, it's just like this team is very close and I think going to make some real noise as the season continues. I've already gone on the record. I think they're winning out and going to have a really nice record at the end of this thing. And then you'd look at momentum for next mm-hmm. year. Who's going to come back? Who might be swayed to come back because of that and you know what these guys could do? So Coach Norvell and company, they're building like crazy. It's awesome to see it. And uh Florida State, really impressive right now. I, I think after a victory, if they get it done this weekend, I think they'll be right. They should next be. Week. They should be. And I, I think that people, some people who maybe aren't paying as much attention, maybe only watch the LSU game and haven't watched since, mm-hmm. just think, okay, this FSU team is still kind of like last year's team. It, it's night and day. It, they should have beaten NC State. They played Clemson really well. They played Wake really well. So it's it's not a team that is still – kind of trying to get back to a certain level. I think they are at a certain level. Now, they're still trying to get back, of right. course, to that FSU standard. But yeah. I think they're definitely a team where you know what you're going to get night in and night out. And that, that was not the case with FSU for the past couple of years. For Miami, yeah. though, Mac, we have the big question of the status of Tyler Van Dyke, of TVD. Yeah. This week, yeah. Mario Cristobal said that TVD is, quote, practicing and getting better every single day. Okay. And Will Mallory said that TVD looks good in practice. Quote, it's good having Tyler back out there. Feeling good. End quote. Is he going to play, Mac? I feel like they got me with this last week with Jeff Sims. And then I thought right. Jeff Sims was going to play. <laughs> the, the only reason to take Miami plus the points is because this game's at Miami. And I'm not saying it's the Miami crowd that's going to be a factor. I'm saying you don't get the FSU crowd. And if TVD's playing and you have Restrepo back and you just right. feel like this rivalry is always interesting, so you might want to take a flyer on Miami plus seven and a half. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the fascinating part. And that, that's what it's just so different from, you know, the NFL where they don't have to tell you. They, they don't have to tell you so we're just sitting about here. the injury report, what it is. So we, we just don't know. And that, that's obviously a massive factor. And, and so a real reason why, you know, if, if I did this, uh, maybe not professionally, but if I did this for a means of living, I would not touch this game. Sure. No way. Because there's just there's it's too big of an unknown and you're just not sure, you know, what's going to happen or, or if he's going to play. So. He's a game changer, lit up Miami last year when he played, um, you know, and obviously was on a nice little tear there before he got injured um, and, and had to come out. So it, it's confusing to me, KG. And when I look defensively at what Miami's been doing, they've been after getting after mm-hmm. the quarterback. They've been pressuring them. They've been able to get down, get the quarterback down for sacks. And we saw that against North Carolina, really limited them. But North Carolina ultimately had done enough to win that football game. You ain't getting Jordan Travis down. He's the least sacked quarterback in the ACC, only giving up seven. That offensive line's playing really well, but also mm-hmm. he's very elusive and knows how and when to get rid of the football. So I think that'll kind of eliminate that factor. So really it, it does come down to TVD and if he's going to play. And my key to the game for the Knowles is just to continue to run that football. It's who you are. It's what you do. It's a part of it. And, and I know last week they didn't have to because Jordan throwing the ball at like 15 yards a clip all over the yard. Uh, but would like to see them get back to that. And then for Miami, it, it truly is just a question mark at the quarterback position. It's not even really a key. Uh, it, it's if Tyler Van Dyke can go, let him rip it. If not, what are we going to do? What's our identity? Who are we going to be as a football team? Um, and that's why I think this this pick ultimately is so hard. I think I, I'm rocking with the Knowles. I think that the Knowles are good enough. And so even if TVD is coming back off the injury it sucks. I don't like this at all, but I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. pick the Knowles. I am. No, you know what? I agree. Um, I, I think even if TVD is back, this Miami team is in such a weird place and right. I feel like I can trust Florida state. Like I said, Florida state, <laughs> it's just weird to say yeah, for the last couple of years. It's different. I mean, Florida state has been consistent in terms of who they are and what they do every week. So give me FSU on the road. And you know, with TVD, if he does play, maybe he's not a hundred percent. It's been a couple weeks. Right. There's there's those factors as yeah. well. Yeah. 100%. All right. Totally agree. How about our final? I hate when we agree. How about our final <laughs> game of the big three breakdown here? And we've got number 21, Wake Forest, at number 22, NC State, with these playoff rings. Come on. This is the primetime game, 8 p.m. on ACC Network. The Huddle crew will be there. Shout out. It's homecoming, as we learned with our guy, Grant Gibson. Wake is a four and a half point favorite, which I find so interesting. Vegas, <laughs> why? The total's at 54. This game, Mac, I, I think we all know it's going to be a where is Sam Hartman and yes. where is MJ Morris? Is this a guy that can put yes. it together? Because we've seen freshmen come in, play great in a, in a pinch, and then when you actually get prepared for, it can be different even though there's basically zero film on this guy. Right. And then the two quarterback situation is fascinating. And then you throw in the number. And I just don't – the number stinks, Mac. It stinks. It does. It worries me. It's weird. And it's like I try to think back if Wake Forest – let's say Wake Forest wins that game close in mm-hmm. Louisville. I probably think they blow out NC State just because they're playing at such a high level. I think Sam's playing Even so with well. Even MJ Morris doing what he did. Okay. Even with that because Virginia Tech's okay. so bad. But because I can't get that out of my brain, and that's not fair to be honest, because it's one game, and I, you know, I might be able to flush it about Clemson, 
uh, relatively so quickly. But it was the way it was the way Clemson finished. Like Clemson responded. Wake never responded. It just kept getting mm-hmm. worse and worse and worse. And so to me, it's like, daggum, I'm, I'm hung up on DJ. What is he going to look like? I'm really hung up on right. these guys. What is the offensive line going to do? Receivers, can they make plays? I've got guys getting hit in the face with the ball, almost a pick six after we've thrown two. <laughs> Sam Hartman just you know responsible for all kinds of turnovers. So to me, it's like, how the heck do you recover from that? How bad could one bad day really be that doesn't lead to other things? All the external factors with homecoming, the environment, the atmosphere, the 15-game mm-hmm. win streak at Carter-Finley, you know, one of the longest – it has the opportunity if they win to become tied with the longest win streak ever for NC State at home. And to me, all those different things are adding yeah. up to where, okay, now you look on the field with a defense that's number one in the ACC that's feeling really confident that, you know, kind of got this surge against them that they had to respond and they did very nicely – versus a team that just couldn't figure anything out. And so when I look at that, clearly it's going to be interesting to see what MJ is able to do. We spoke with Grant. I said, how's he been doing? He said he's more vocal. He feels confident. This is his team. He made some really nice throws. And then I look at the defense and how much can they replicate what Louisville did. Now they pressure the quarterback all the time, but the the interesting piece, KG, they only have 12 sacks on the season. That That is a very low number. And if you're not hitting Sam, if you're not getting him down, then I think he's yeah. going to light you up. And, and so to me, this is one of the toughest picks. And I'm just kind of walking in circles right here. I'm going to let yeah. you talk because I don't know what I'm – I don't know where I'm going right now. This is a very, very difficult pick. This is so hard. Yeah. You know, I think – I'm going to try to think like Vegas is thinking here. I think <laughs> Vegas is saying what you said earlier, that Virginia Tech is god-awful. Yes. And NC State found a way to come back and beat them with a freshman quarterback, right. but it's Virginia Tech. And I think Vegas, because in the in the end, Wake was only a three-point favorite at Louisville. I think Vegas is giving Louisville some credit. And this mm-hmm. Louisville team, they lead the Power Five in sacks. They get after the quarterback, and that's exactly what they did to Sam Hartman. I'm not sure that NC State – I think NC State – look, their defense is number one in the ACC, but I'm not sure they can disrupt Sam as much. I hate that I am doing this. It sounds like we're going the same way. This is fantastic. Really? This is fascinating that this is happening. Go ahead. I I trust Wake, which is weird. (laughs) I shouldn't. Like, you know, I've been burned. You burned me, Wake. Yeah. You burned me. Yeah. Why do I go back? Why do I go back, Mac? I I think I'm taking Wake minus four and a half. (laughs) I am. Stop it. No, I I thought for sure you would take NC State. I think. I'm, I would not be shocked at all if NC State gets wow. And again, this is a very hard pick, but I think that I don't think those guys can replicate defensively what Louisville did. Yeah. And you saw it with your own eyes. That was obviously a massive, yeah, that was a massive Achilles heel when, when you just see it. And I'm not saying that Louisville's defense is better. I just don't, they just can't. NC State cannot do what they did. Mm. They cannot physically just dominate at eight sacks, force eight turnovers, seven turnovers, whatever it was. And I just don't see that happening. And so with that in mind, I'm taking the fifth-year quarterback that I think is one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Sam Hartman and, and getting it done. So I think this game's going to be super close. I think it's going to be very uncomfortable for both sides at different times. Would not be surprised at all if this comes down you know, to a fourth-quarter kind of game-winning situation, whether it's a drive or a kick. And uh, I'm just happy we're there in person to see it. I can't well, wait. Well, if it comes down to a kick, 
then Wake probably doesn't cover the four and a half. I mean, that's the other way you could go is you could say, I think Wake wins. Gosh, but I think that's it comes a down kicker, to a kick. I don't, I'm sticking with wow. Wake. I'm going to just say my stat because it it doesn't yeah, hit me with it stat. doesn't make sense for either of our picks. But I have okay. it written down. Well, that's good. Under Dave Clawson, Wake has a 61% uh, 61% winning percentage. Is that right? In <laughs> August through October and a... Oh, wait. This is not good no, for you. Why are you reading this? And a 38% <laughs> winning percentage in November through January. We talked about it on Monday. Wake tends to fall mm. apart. Uh, yeah, but they are didn't necessarily do that last year. Are you now fading Wake? They, they still won some games. I know. I know they lost a few, but they still won some games. Stats and Reef. And I'm, found I'm going their to way right to the now. ACC title. Yeah, but they limped in. They limped in. But they found their way. They lost to Clemson and they lost to UNC, right? And Pitt in the well, championship. Well, yeah, the championship. Yeah. So they whatever. finished the season. I'm just talking November. They finished November three right and three. Now. Three and three. So that's not terrible. November. Three and three. Yeah, that's not horrible. I don't know why. I don't know why you and I are both picking Wake. This seems crazy. But Vegas knows something. It. I don't love it. And I can't I can't wait till you post this graphic and like I'm at NC yeah. State and then all of a sudden there's like a bunch of fires and pitchforks mm-hmm. behind me and they're like, good get luck out. With that. Get out of here right now. But I'll just say, you know, go listen to the rest of the episode because I give you guys a lot of credit. Uh, the keys for me are, number one, we have to keep MJ confident. Like, you got to protect him. You have to give him easy throws, take a couple shots, get that young man going to where he feels really good. Um, because I, I think if there's anything, if you if Wake is able to apply pressure, if they're able to get in that backfield and make it weird for him, it could fall apart really quickly. Like, freshmen are different. It, they haven't seen a lot. They haven't been through a lot. It's hard to rally when you haven't had those type of life experiences in a game. And for Wake Forest, it's kind of similar, which is crazy. But we have to we have to protect Sam. He can't be rattled by ghosts because he's thinking about Louisville. He can't just be sitting back there where normally he would trust his protection. He said that mm-hmm. time and time again. I trust these guys to where now he's like looking over his shoulder, taking off and running. He's missing a guy wide open downfield. So quarterback protection, vital in this one. But I do like like it's crazy. We agree. I do think Wake's going to cover. And, and I thought for done. sure you were picking NC State. Maybe I'll change. You know, by Saturday mm, morning, we'll see. Okay, the speed <laughs> round. Let's roll through. We got a lot. Let's Come roll on. through these games here. Friday night lights. Duke at Boston College. This is a seven p.m. game on ESPN two. Okay, Duke is a nine and a half point favorite. The totals at forty seven. All Duke needs is one oh. more win, and they're going bowling. Come on. Boston College just pulled off the you better not of the century, losing to the University of Connecticut in football. And it seems Phil Dracovic might not be playing. He went down in that UConn game. I don't I don't know any reason to not pick Duke here, and I would take Duke to cover the nine and a half. I'm going with Duke at Riley Leonard, way too good. Young star dominating this league. A lot of young quarterbacks that we just talk, spoke about, mm-hmm. a couple of them, and I think just Duke is too too good right now. And the fact that they're about to be bowling right now, where their previous two years combined, I think they won five games, is just fascinating. And Coach Elko, that staff, these players buying in, just amazing to see in, in a Boston College team that's really, really struggling. So I think it's an easy pick here. Duke Duke gets this done. I might even take the over. They might they might blow these guys out. I just happen. don't know how much BC is going to score. So I would be a little worried about the over. A little hesitant, I don't know if BC is going to do their part. 35-0 type yeah. thing. I don't know about that, but we agree there. All right, how about North Carolina, number 17 North Carolina, at Virginia, noon on ACCN to start this thing off. 
the South's oldest rivalry being played since 1892. You, I bet you didn't think it was UNC Virginia. And UNC's a seven and a half point favorite, total 59. Mac, I want you to tell us the stat that has to do with your fellow Mac, Mac Brown in Charlottesville. My, my brother, brother Mac, brother Mac over here. Listen, guys, th- there's one league in all of the world that history, for whatever reason, matters and is mm-hmm. very important. And if you're a gambling person, it matters a lot. Mac Brown has never in his whole existence won. That's so never. That is Carolina. He was like 0-5 the first time, 0-1 this time, and now he's back. Crazy. Here's the deal, though. I've never seen Drake May playing in those games. (laughs) True. And he's he's balling. So I I think, you know, this is one of those records that maybe you can throw away. Drake's just – he's balling. He's on an absolute tear. I'm going to read some numbers off here for you, KG. Ten passes when he is under pressure for touchdowns. That's number one in FBS. 99 QBR on third and fourth downs. That's third in FBS. 18 to zero. That is his touchdown to interception ratio in the red zone. When it's most important, you got to take care of the ball. Number one in FBS. So what does all that mean? That's a lot of stats. It's kind of random, it seems like, but it's not. Look at all those situations. Under pressure, vital down in the red zone. He makes great decisions. Like he knows where to go to the football. It's one thing to have talent, to be able to air it out, to have a tight spiral, anticipation. It's another thing to know where to go with the football. If I'm being blitz, okay, I have to have an answer. If there's time, okay, I can't just rush into something, allow the concepts to work, boom, there's my guy. And he's able to do that. And it's been flawless all year long. I just don't see that slowing down. Virginia's defense has been much improved mm-hmm. and way better. But they ain't seen nothing like this. And I think that this train for UNC – is going to keep on rolling through. I agree, Mac. I'm glad that you sp- you spelled out those straight main numbers because specifically the Reds, 18 to 0 TDINT ratio in the red zone. Right. That is unreal. You haven't made a mistake in the red zone. You no. haven't thrown a pick in the red zone. That is so crucial um, to UNC's success. And speaking of UNC's success, Mac, their defense has been better. Their defense has been holding teams under their average for the most part. They give up a bunch of yards, but they don't give up a bunch of points. So keep right. that in mind. Which is important because yeah. we keep scoring this sport, which is good. It's not just whoever has the most yards wins. Sometimes they That's right. And honestly, oh. it's – that's right. Honestly, an, another impressive game to, to add to that stat because just a Virginia team that I think they're averaging like 15, 17 points a game on offense. So it's not like these guys are going to stretch you out. So defense, big improvement here. I'm obviously going Carolina – I think you can take the over. I think these guys are just going to score a lot. I really do. I mean, this could get an embarrassing amount of points quickly from UNC. I could see a similar-ish score, maybe not a similar style game, but a similar score to UNC Pitt, maybe take a touchdown off for Pitt or something like that. So you've got yeah. Um, yeah. the 50s to the to the teens. Mm-hmm. Mac, I don't <laughs> – I'm taking UNC minus 7.5, but the more I look at this, and I'm assuming you are too, we are taking all these favorites – with the Which with the happen. hook, oh, yeah. with the point five, it's not good. It's yeah. stressing me it's out. Not, it's not going to happen. So, if you want to reevaluate, just hit me on the text line. I'll be like, I'll give you the permission to change it on the graphic. We won't have evidence video wise, but you know, whatever. Well, I'm coming off my words. Change together, your mind. So, don't listen to me. But <laughs> unfortunately, Mac and I are all making the same pick, so you kind of have to listen to me. Right. I'm sorry. Maybe it'll change right here in the uh, what I'm deeming worst game of the weekend, KG. Georgia Tech 
at Virginia Tech, battle of the the technical schools here. Who's the nerdier school? Virginia Tech favored three Mm -hmm. is the line. 41 and a half is the number. It's hard to think of anything worse from Miami, Virginia a week ago, but I think this is going to take the cake here. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Uh, We've got some bad offenses in this game. We've got some decent-ish defenses, but here's what we've got. (laughs) Her, Brent Key, Jeff Sims is full speed this week. Will be Sims or Zach Pyron on Saturday, which I love that he's leaving Mm. that up in the air, of course. Mm. There is – I don't like going against the Hokies at home, even though this year – it's been smart to go against the Hokies at home, but mm-hmm. I don't like going mm-hmm. against them at home. However, it's a 12-30 kick, so it's not a night game, which is where I'd be more worried. And You saw them at 11 a.m. earlier this year. Pack it out. Oh, no, they'll just pack say it that. out. Against Walford. They, they against still Walford. pack it out. It is later in the season, but I don't think it'll be as rowdy. You know, It's just not. Sure. It's not 7 p.m. Less opportunity. Less I'm taking Georgia Tech plus three. <gasps> yeah. Jeff First Sims is full speed. I do not trust this Virginia Tech team at all. I think whatever fight Virginia Tech had in them, they probably lost when they mm-hmm. didn't let NC, when they let NC State get back in the game with their freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the Yellow Jackets plus three. That's fascinating. Do we disagree? Um, oh, yes. Good. I'm going for Finally. the Hokies. I just think it's going to be the ugliest game we've ever mm-hmm. seen. But that crowd, that environment, I think it's going to we'll matter. See. I think especially if you're changing quarterbacks, I think the, the Hokie Nation has a big opportunity here to get you guys a dub. And uh, I think Hokie Nation has done the Lord's work this year. Okay, we we see you, Hokie Nation. This is me jamming to uh, to yeah, entertainment. That's, that's great, Mac. You're doing a great job. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we disagree on something here. That's what Perfect. we needed. Perfect. All right. Two more games <laughs> left. We've got twenty number twenty Syracuse at Pittsburgh. 3.30 on ACC Network. I'm trying to get you to stumble. I didn't update the, the college football it. rankings. I'm trying to get you to mess up, but you're doing great. Pitt is great. favored in this game against a ranked team. I know that Syracuse – Pitt's favored by three and a half. I know that Syracuse has lost two in a row, but to two – to Clemson and, and Notre Dame, who is has won, what, five of their last six or whatever. But when you look at Syracuse, you don't know the status of Garrett Schrader. That's a big concern. Garrett Williams – one of their elite corners is out for the year with a torn ACL, which we hate for Garrett Williams. And you brought in um, Del Rio Wilson last year or last game, and he was good. But yeah. again, that's kind of an MJ Morris freshman situation. Will Schrader play? I think that's why Vegas has Pitt as a favorite. That's got to be the only reason. Well, to, no, 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 it's not the only reason. This is the only reason is Cuse cannot stop a bloody nose when I it's guess. running the football and Pitt is going to run the football time and time and time again. Here's my deal. If you have watched any college football as a coach for the last two weeks, you know what the game plan is. And when you have Izzy Abanacanda, you better run that thing Mm -hmm. 50-plus times. Do not throw a pass. Do not think of throwing a pass unless it's third and 12. And when it is third and 12, I want you to think hard. Could (laughs) Izzy do this by himself, or should we risk throwing the football? Then make a decision. But to me, KG, it's almost one of those things like until proven otherwise, I don't know if you can do it. And so when I look at it and I see, okay, they have Pitt coming up. Pitt runs the ball really well. They have Florida State coming up next. They run the ball really, really well. This is going to be a really tough stretch for Cuse. And we've said that. When, when Cuse was 5-0, and 6-0, and we said, here's your reward. You have all these very hard teams next where we really are going to find out. 
I love Syracuse. I think they have a great offensive attack. Not enough. Without Schrader, that's going to be interesting what it's going to be. I think the defense is great, but there's been a huge weakness pointed out that we have to see adjustments. So until I see that, I don't trust it. I'm going with Pitt here. I think the under might be in play, but I think Pitt is going to run, run, run and get the W. Mac, all you said is logical, but... I just can't believe <laughs> that you have given up on Syracuse so quickly. You've discarded not giving up. them not giving up. like they no. are two nights ago's leftovers. You're just done with Syracuse. Hold on, you don't eat Syracuse. You don't. You don't eat Syracuse. You don't eat leftovers that are two no, nights. No, I would. Old. I would. Okay, me? four nights ago leftovers. You've just okay, thrown right, them right, out right. with your trash, Mac. Yeah. That is so disrespectful. Right. This team <laughs> is ranked. This team got to six and zero because they're good at some things. Okay, and yeah, they've had two bad weeks. But I'm going to put enough faith in Dino Babers to make some adjustments. To make some adjustments defensively. Okay. And at least slow down Izzy Abanikanda a little bit. The thing, and yeah, Notre Dame is pretty one-dimensional. They do have Michael Mayer, who's who's an electric weapon. Pitt has been so one-dimensional that even when they get off to good starts, Louisville, UNC, and they run the ball with Abanikanda, even a bad defense mm-hmm. like UNC can figure that out and at least do something against it. So I'm just not ready yeah. to give up on Syracuse yet. I think I fell in love with them too much at the beginning. And I'm just I'm gonna ride him a little longer. I'm gonna take Syracuse plus okay. three and a half at Pittsburgh. I understand that. I hope it happens, truly. I want as many ACC teams ranked as possible. I just two weeks in a row now, I've seen people run the I ball every I single play, and there's nothing that's gonna happen. So Syracuse, I hope and pray you get it done. Just don't think you can. So prove me wrong. We can talk about it Monday. It'll be all good. It'll be all good. This next game, KG, the last one. Let's get out of here. This is the biggest, you better not, the biggest peak team of mystery moment that we have ever had in the entire life of this podcast. James Madison, the former FCS, I don't even know, the, the Dukes. Dukes. They're the Dukes. Five and two are coming to your city, Louisville. Uh, you need to know this. You need to show up because 50,000 of you didn't want to show up last week. Louisville's five and three, playing really good at a high level, made the streak happen. But this is what they do, KG. They Don't lose this game. They lose this game. And listen, cheers to thinking it's going to be different, that the defense is good enough, that the offense can kind of function enough to score when the defense gives them the ball. But every fiber in my body right now wants to pick JMU. But because of my political allegiances to this oh, brand no. on my chest, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pick Louisville. But I just want it right here on camera. I'm looking at you. I don't think you're going to win this game. And that's crazy to me. Crazy. I would say that Go ahead. for some reason, the program that Mac is the hardest on is Louisville. And I think it's because he just wants what's best for Louisville. It's warranted. I think it's the, he's not mad. He's just disappointed. You know? That's true. And that's since he's a dad true. now, I think that can work. Okay. I would like to clarify, <laughs> Mac. This game is not a worse, you better not, than BCUConn. Losing to UConn is it, it, more embarrassing. It is for the league. Yes. Is it? You just beat JMU a top was 10 team and now you lose to an ago. FCS team? But still. But UConn still. should be FCS. JMU was ranked three weeks ago. So you're saying, so what would James Madison, if James Madison wins, what would they be in the ACC? Let's not Number even talk about it. Okay. See? It's Here, a here's big what deal. I want to say about JMU <laughs> and why I, I feel 
pretty good about Louisville here. JMU was ranked okay. at the beginning, like five weeks in. But they've lost two straight. Yep. They lost by seven in Georgia Southern, and they were blown out by Marshall. They have been turnover prone in these last two losses. Yeah. They had four turnovers against That's Georgia true. Southern, five versus Marshall. That's what Louisville loves to do. Now, the Marshall game, right. caveat, they didn't have their starting quarterback, Todd Centeno. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be back. Todd. He was hurt before the Marshall game. He's apparently a game-time decision against Louisville. It was a, an oblique. He's a dual-threat guy, so he may not be 100%. And JMU has also had injuries to their right and left tackles in the last two games. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they play. They're also game time from what I read. So you've got this Louisville D-line. I think it's going to eat him up. And you've got Centeno. If he's healthy, he's still coming back from an injury. A couple hits could be an issue. And they're so turnover prone, especially lately. That's what Louisville does. I actually feel pretty good about Louisville here minus seven and a half. See, that, that's, that's the problem. Too much logic. Is you feel good. You feel good. There's too much logic. This is the team of mystery. You don't know. I like like how they are winning on the defensive end recently. I do, too. I do, too. I hope that that can happen. It just hasn't been shown to me in the last three Take the Dukes. No, I will not do that. I do not want to deal with that on Twitter. But number one in turnovers, number one in sacks. You blitz like crazy. Heat them up. You got a couple offensive linemen out. You got a hurt or backup quarterback. Do what you do. Go crazy. You should win this game handily. I feel better about Louisville than I do about Wake covering. (laughs) Wow, man. That just tells you where we are. We're upside down. We're in the multiverse. This is Louisville's universe that we're in right now. Um, I got to go. I'm hungry. I smell chili right over here. I can hear my baby. She's waking up. She's excited. Um, that's it from us, guys. Another episode, Graham Lincoln McLean. If you don't have SiriusXM, go get it. We've told you that for 100 weeks in a row. Don't know why you don't have it. We also need you to go to YouTube. Subscribe. Mash this button right here. It's been so fun to see you guys. We've had some really just fun time this week. It's been a silly week. It's been a fun week. Um, go over to Apple Podcasts, yep. too, the OGs, you know, the originals, if you will. Always fun to hear you guys and talk to you over there as well. But that's it. Until next time, we'll see you all.